Hey, 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 YouTubers and friends, how are all of you doing tonight? Absolutely awesome, I hope. I hope you're all doing much, much better than I. Not that I'm doing bad, but some of you know a bit of my past month. Oh, a lot of great people in the room. We got a great guest tonight with us, Sean. Uh, Sergeant Whitey Discoveries here on YouTube and TikTok. You can find him over on Facebook, uh, probably Instagram also. We'll find out all of that for sure, though, here in just in a few minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey YouTubers and friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Night Hangout Live with Toledo Jess and I. Bushwhack. <laughs> There'll be questions about that too. Oh, I'm sure. There very well <laughs> might be. <laughs> Pardon me. Again, just not being honest. I see HD Shovelhead and Brad Welch, our Aussie buddies, Brian uh, Wells, hey, welcome. What's up, other Ed? Randy Brad Scotty Walsh. Tony. Terry, Terry Curry, how you Hello, doing? Connor. Oh, really? Connor in the house. I saw Tin Man was first in the house tonight again. Oh, he come. I was looking at things oh, no. he did that like early this morning way to go <laughs> will uh, mr Odak. Brewer, what's up? ryan wells how are you welcome mr lodak the world's greatest moderator good to Sir. see you brother Great. moto mining just hanging out joey brown yeah. That's cool. Good place to hang out. Sometimes. I think Sometimes. so. Sometimes. Most of the time. I'd like to think. Chris, how you doing? Construction cronies. My friend from the Niminati community. What? I think I'm getting a surprise tack for my granddaughter. Uh-huh. Better. Are you surprised? No, no. I shoot her away <laughs> last week. I'm like, go, go. Okay, get in here quick. Yeah, Don't Moto Ed's, green screen. <laughs> Moto Ed's uh, channel is fine. It's just his Facebook's up. Yeah, my YouTube's fine. Hey, fun with dirt. Where are you, kiddo? You know how to crawl under there. He's lost in the green screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, watch out. You don't want to pull Papa's ears out. Okay, wave to everyone. Wave right at that thing right there. There's another one, too. Well, that one's not on anymore. But say hi to Sean over there. You'll see him right there. And Jesse, you see my puppy? I want to see his puppy. Look at the puppy. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's a puppy. little big puppy. <laughs> right there, see the puppy? He's he's like, puppy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new digging buddy. 
Uh, all right, honey. You're getting big. Yeah. Don't knock down my green screen and stuff on your way out. Dirt Clyde Belly Taxi. Welcome. Hey, Dirt Clyde. Thanks for joining us. Earth Radio, how are you, Ronald? HD, when you see Judy, say hi. Matt, Ski Searcher, how are you doing? Hey, Deej. Digging with Deej. Jersey History Hunter Raid. Welcome, Raiders. 419. Kev, you, Kev, you, Kev, you won. Kev, you won. I think uh, Ohio Relic Hunter is going to like what I have tonight on one of my finds. Oh, I'm sure he will. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yeah, you'll have to give us a, you'll have, later on this evening, you'll have to give us a tour of your room there. Yeah. Oh, mighty kind. Audra, good to see Dirt you. Audra. Kevin hey. is the name, fellas. Hey. Kevin, welcome from frosty British Columbia. Beautiful part of the country. Reminds me a lot of home. <laughs> we got everybody, huh? Uh, Bacchus, did I get you, Bacchus? Oh, you didn't Bacchus. Camp, Five, campsite seven, 419. Is Outdoor Wally in here? See him saying hi to him, but I don't see him. One with dirt. Yes, Ohio relic hunter. I've got treasure porn. <laughs> I uh, it comes up every time, Sean. Every time. Okay. There's they throw Wally. Tomatoes. They throw tomatoes at us if we don't get any treasure porn up there. Oh, okay. Terry, we'll try to keep all the tomatoes away. You, buddy. Yeah, they're too expensive nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, looks like we got everybody. And I, I, I know the question's gonna pop up. Where's Dano? As you could see on the logo, Dano's no longer on it. Yes, he's still a brother. Yes, he will always be part of Flashing Your Pan. And Tuesday night hangout live, and LBPA. He, he knows he's welcome back as a co-host and room watcher anytime he can or want. He's just really tied up with a lot of things at work and stuff. Uh, has his hands full. They um, got they got Dano doing. Four people's jobs right now. Yeah, if not five. Got him, that guy got him a at, lot uh, of hats. Chef, the waitress, the waiter, and the, the bartender, <laughs> the dishwasher, barback. Doing all that his job right you, now. You of course, it. he works with electric and other stuff, so he's building maintenance. But they got him. They got him going. His bosses need to pay him more. That's what I tell them. You're going to make hey, me work like five Shane. people. At least pay me for the price of three. Ohio River History. How are you doing, Shane? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. To, hey, you guys. When you go out there, 
prospecting this spring and this summer, really be careful out there. Um, take a buddy. I mean, that's really the best thing to do because anything can happen where you could hurt yourself just doing something you do all the time. Uh, we got a buddy who got smacked and split his head wide open this last weekend. Um, yeah. You know, digging, digging for gold, you know, just a minor slip can, can cause some, uh, some, some major damage. Yeah, you know, hitting the top of the head out. Damon, West Coast prospecting, he's been on yes. before. He split his head right open uh, by his crowbar. And like he said, if he wasn't wearing his hood for a 7mm wetsuit, right. that probably would have went. It's a lot more damage. Hmm. A lot more probably would have knocked him out. I, I know, I know we can't always go out with you know a whole group or even a buddy because you want to get out there, but be safe out there, guys. It's, it don't take much. At least let and someone we all know, know, and we all know it. We've done it to ourselves plenty of times in my oh, little yeah. way. But you know what I did whenever I went out by myself, Jesse. I left the coordinates of where I'd be parked and a time frame to expect me home. Yep, at least that, but oh yeah, really, it's best to try to take somebody out with you. Even if they don't want to do anything, just let them hang out. Yep. Yeah. Just so you, uh, yeah, because you never know. I mean, you get an old fart like me, I go out there, go walking out in the uh, creek or something, Fall, I fall down, break a hip. Guess what? I'm done. That's <laughs> right, Kevin. Wet rocks have taken many miners. Yeah. Code and drown. Knocked out. Drown. Yeah, mm. it, it might be funny watching a prospector do the prospecting shuffle until they get hurt <laughs> real hard. But yeah. you know how friends are. When you're there, you know, it happens. You laugh while you're trying to ask if they're all right, but you're laughing so hard. But, <laughs> you know. But... Just just be safe out there, guys. Pick, you know, really. It, it can happen so easy. And fast. Uh, it can happen so easy. Gotta live. Yeah. 12 takes his dog. Yeah. There you Wolf, go. My dog Wolfgang used to always go with me. He was a great uh, perimeter sweeper. He'd keep the cougars and bears away. Oh, my. Yeti Mountain <laughs> Trading. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you. So that was Protecting our... Uh, with Lucky and Leah. That was our uh, PSA for tonight. The, yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only reason I said it because I just saw a message uh, uh, about how you, you keep it clean once you do break it. Oh, keep it clean, especially if you're going back to the water. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can get some nasty stuff from water. Infantigo, which is a flesh eating parasite, and a bunch of other yuckies. Even when you think the water's clean, you know, 
That's why it's always good to have a life straw with you, too. Boil it. Fever, fever's well, no fun, well, this, man. This PSA was for our West Coast buddies out there. Right. East Coast <laughs> as so, well. We're out there, uh, East Coast, anybody out there, all our buddies out there prospecting right now, be careful out there, all right? Or whoever you are, wherever you may roam. Yes, so. all you treasure hunters out there. <laughs> I mean, because uh, you could, you could, the same thing goes for when you're medley technique, right? I mean, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to take care of, you know, make sure that you don't fall into somebody's old well. <laughs> right, <suck>. right. <laughs> or a mine shaft if you're out nugget shooting yeah. in that type of country, yeah. or there's mine shafts in. Virginia, the Carolinas, Georgia, and if they're not well marked, dude, yeah, mighty... Moto, Moto Mining says, ah, no way, I never cleaned mine with a knife. He's like a bear, man. He's stuffed mud in him. Yeah. Rub some mud, rub some dirt in it. Get out, go on your way. <laughs> yeah, not, not all of us are the He Man Moto Mining guy. You are Moto, bro. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Yeti. Um, there was something I wanted to bring up also. Deej, she's live before us, starting at 5.30. Personal friend of ours. Great gal. Neighbor to the north in Michigan. Uh, she had a very good live stream earlier today uh, all about researching and how to find newspaper clippings and stuff by a couple websites uh, I'm not going to tell you the websites even though I know because I watched it you'll have to go back and catch her replay because in prospecting any finger of the treasure hunting hand what is research, everybody? Number I would, one. I would say about 90% of the battle is yeah. research. Research, research, research. So do me a favor. Do you a favor. Especially if you live in somewhere where now's your off-season. Some of us aren't fortunate enough to live in Arizona or Florida and stuff where it's warm and comfortable this time of year. Um, so we use this time of year for our research. Check it out. Leave a message. Tell her Ed, from Fla Ed and Jesse from Flashing Your Pan and Tuesday Night Hangout Live sent you. Bet. Oh, your thing. Oh, yeah. EPA, uh, EPA, EPA. So there I saw, I saw a video today. <clears throat> the EPA is being sued. And again, this, this lawsuit is like, uh, I want to say almost 20 years old. It's finally getting to the Supreme Court, and, and I'm thinking that they may actually 
get some headway because it's about taking, you know, when, when you think of the EPA, you kind of think of the overreach. So this is what this is about. They're, they're trying to delineate what is, what is the, how far off the, the river can, or any navigable waterway can the EPA actually control, you know, like from the, the waterway itself, the swamps or, 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 uh, or marsh areas along the banks. But the, the argument is how far can they go in, inland? Well, the EPA can't answer that. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, there's no real um, distinct line or anything. So they're finally going to go to court. I, I'm, I'm getting, I, I, if you want to know more about what's happening there, this gives a little bit of history. I just put a link in there. I hope I did. I think I did. That look like a link to you, Ed? Um, to that video on YouTube, check it out. It's kind of, it was pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's been a court battle that's been going on since like the inception of the EPA, you know, uh, pretty interesting stuff. So if you, if you want to know what's going on with EPA, it's going to give you a little, little more, um, knowledge about what's happening right now. So they're getting ready to go to court. That'd be interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I didn't. I, I wanted to share a little bit of the video, but that's not too sure. So, well, I just put the link out there. You guys want to look into it? There you go. There's the link. I'll even pin it to the top of the chat. So, if you want, I know to we're check all it out. we're all concerned about what's happening with the EPA and the Clean Water Act. You know, I know we're all we're all for clean water, without a doubt. We're all for our, our, our clean uh, waterways and everything, but uh, you know, overreach is overreach. You know what I mean? That I do, Jesse. That I do. So other than that, not much going on here. What about you? You're supposed to get some wicked winter this year, so. Oh, so far it's been pretty mild, and I can't complain one bit about the weather I had over Christmas vacation. Of course, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. in beautiful Southern California, right. on the beach. But, you know, you all know the reason why I went. Not the best reason in the world, but, you know... Would have been better have different circumstances, but the weather was great. Oh, you know what? We forgot something. Oh no, we, we forgot to say hi to our lurkers. Oh yeah, because we do love our lurkers too. Yes, we do. Hey, yes, we love our lurkers. ECP changed his name. Coins, honeybees, and gold prospecting. ECP's Variety Channel. How you doing, buddy? Good to I, see you. I've got it. Say hi to this. Tony. And Milo. What? Oh, yeah. And, Milo. and hi, lurkers. I've gotten into this, this habit. We go flea marketing and stuff. I wind up coming home with honey. 
I got so many jars of honey. <laughs> That's okay. I like honey. Uh, Chris at ECP also does some pretty good live coin auctions if you like collecting coins. Uh, I'll tell you, a lot of his coins are very good grade for the most part. So just letting you know. Just letting you know. And you oh, know what goes ACP. with good grades. On I got coins. a little information for ECP. He might be interested in this. ECP, check out Curiosity Incorporated. This dude uh, uh, buys and sells. He just bought from an estate a ton of coins. He's going to be putting them up for auction. Check them out. Curiosity Incorporated. I don't have his links. I think I might be subscribed to that guy. Yeah. Curiosity Incorporated. Yep, I think you are. Remember you say so. Yeah, but he just uh, tons and tons of silver coins. He paid he paid like two thousand dollars for. I want to say two totes, a couple boxes, full of, you know, like coin sets, coins and and just boxes of coins and in in, um, in sleeves. Lots of old, old stuff. Who's going to make out? <laughs> He's going to make out. Yeah, it's amazing. But it's all going It's all going up for auction. I thought maybe ECP might be interested in that. He likes to deal in coins, so. Um, no, not uh, yet. I saw, hey, dude, I saw sheets of, and now he's Canadian. It's a lot of money. I mean, even bills. Just books and books of foreign money, American money, Canadian money. Um, but um, sheets of barbers. I mean, wow. just all in sheets, and sheets huh? I, I yeah. do have one little announcement. If anyone knows Banshee Mining, Julie, she's a really good woman and fellow YouTuber and prospector from the Motherload country of California. Um, I believe it was her leg or ankle she broke. Mm -hmm. uh, please keep her in your thoughts and prayers. We greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, I believe it was her leg. Steve yeah, I will think so correct too. me. Or unless I find her text to me first. <laughs> Welcome, Ram Detecting. DNL yeah, treasure. her leg. She broke her leg. So, um, I hope she didn't do that doing the prospector shuffle. Drum Detect, good to see you. Drum Detect. Ram Detecting, DNL Treasures. <coughs> Mosey on in, grab a seat around the fire. It's nice and warm. I'm going to open if you, if you feel like it. It's bring your own, so I, I got my coffee. I got mine. All right. 
Oh, your puppy's name is Stone? Yes, sir. <laughs> like Sly, Sly in the Stone. <laughs> yeah, was, if he'd have been a silver lab, I might have named him Silver, but he's a charcoal lab. Not a chocolate lab? No, charcoal. What's the difference? He's between silver and black. So, ah. See, I, I had, I had uh, chocolates. Yeah. Beautiful chocolates. And I also had a white lab. I had a black or a, a chocolate boxer mix. He was probably one of the best mixed lab boxer I'd ever had. He was so, <laughs> I could tell him to lay down and he wouldn't move until I called him over to, to move. He'd stay there for an hour if I wanted him to. Well, you notice, you notice my dog, you notice my dog hasn't bothered me since I told her out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was doing that this morning to me while I was working. It was getting pretty rank. <laughs> yeah. So we've got you. Has, has he been on before, Ed? No. No, no I, was, I was trying to remember. This is before. the first time he has been one of our victims. Wow. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. First time. Yes. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for thinking of me and inviting me. I appreciate it. Wow, this is weird. Uh-oh, what's weird? I just got a message from Troy Johnson. That can wait. That can wait. Is I know, about but just... the show? I can't chat in the show. <laughs> I don't think it's Troy. I don't think it's Troy. If you guys know Troy... I don't think this is Troy. I think this is someone who acted. Well, at least they did it the smart way. They didn't change their name to some supermodel's name, like the person that <laughs> did mine and put on a picture of her. At least it wasn't some. I. And the everybody's beautiful that... in their own way, but I'm glad it wasn't some total hideous witchy poo type looking thing. But... Still, I'm not probably, happy. In reality it. is. In reality is, yeah. It probably yeah, I just, is. Uh, uh, well, I got a friend request from him last week, I think it was. Uh, oh, yeah. Be careful. I know it was cloned or totally hacked and he couldn't sign in. Right. So, actually, this happened, actually, this happened right after you. Yours got done. So I responded to him the day before Christmas. I said, just got a friend request from you. No, no comment back. Just mm -hmm. now got one from him. He goes, you got, uh, got your comment on the post. You got cash app. <laughs> Why would Troy ask me that? <laughs> you wouldn't. You right. wouldn't. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, Blog. I need a post. On, I need a post on Facebook uh, to let everybody know about. I thought I did. I might have already. Yeah, be careful I out there. Might have done that in a prospecting family page. Be careful out there in Cyberland. A lot of money. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, really, man. It's so easy to do too because you'll get a friend request from somebody you know. Yeah. If you don't think about it. 
you'll go, yeah, I don't know, maybe something happened to their... Well, I got one their, a while back family. from him, but I'm like, he's already on my friends list. Right, that's what I. That's the first thing I check before I go, yes. Is he already on my friends list? Uh, yeah, he's already, no, that's no good. <laughs> and I, I scour over pages too when I get friends requests. It's like, okay, who are you? Oh, you just started your page and you have one friend. Nope, bye. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't envy people who are moderators on Facebook pages, uh, even though I am one, because dude, that's a lot of time you got to sit there. And, you get all these all these uh, requests to join the page, and you can blindly go sure, 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 you know, accept all, but then you wind up with these people from somewhere else in outer space somewhere wanting to sell you whatever they're trying to sell you, and your page ain't about that, you know. So, uh, so and I, I, I go through, I have to go through and manually look at their pages. I, I believe out. we have a first-time viewer in the room tonight. Uh, oh, Diggin' Dixie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I follow you on TikTok. And I believe I'm subscribed to you here. How I found you, I believe, was on TikTok. Um, but I don't remember ever seeing you in our live chat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ooh. Always nice to get new people in here, come into the chat room. And we get new people. I see our numbers are growing, but we don't, our numbers aren't growing in our chat room. You know? <laughs> come on, chat room. Share it out. I can't no more. It kicked me off Facebook. But let's get to our guest, Jesse. We're sure. 30 okay. minutes into this. And yep. he's been totally patient, uh, chiming man. in here and there, which we encourage. So. Yes. <laughs> so welcome, Sean. <laughs> hey, I was just reading uh, Jersey Ray's comment about getting creepers, even though I, because I still, I check people and they send me friend requests. So she said, oh, yeah. yeah, I still get creepers. <laughs> yep, still. Yeah, like I was saying, man, I spend, you know, I'll get, you know, six requests to join the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And I don't want to just let everybody and anybody in, right? Yeah. So we do have a couple questions, but I still got to look at them. I go through yeah. their page. I go over to their Facebook page. Do they have a history? What's it? I'll, I'll get people that have two or three pictures of, of, of you know, their Facebook picture, and that's it. You know, have nothing to do with the what the, the page is all about. Have nothing to say about prospecting at all. Nothing at all. So I say no. You know, yeah. declined. Sometimes I feel bad, but most of the times I don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they would have been one of your groupies if you'd have let them in. Well, yeah. I never know. I they they could have messaged you right away and say, hey, big boy, do you have cash app? <laughs> I get enough creepies. I get I get enough of that being just an administrator on Ed's page. 
<laughs> yeah, on, on his business page, without effort, Which they're I there. can't even see now anymore. Jeez. Right. Hi. 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 Mostly ignore those. A lot of those are from Instagram, too. Hi. Right. Ignore. 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 Delete. I delete the messages. I just got them on. Uh, that works too, you know. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Right. So, Sergeant. Yes, sir. It's the Marine. obvious as the plan, as obvious as the moon and sun, you're, you were in the Marines, and obvious you were a sergeant. Yes. Thanks again for your service. Thank you. Um, now, how long have you been metal detecting? Well, I started in 98, but as far as being really into it was in late 2016, about sept late September when I moved from Oklahoma to North Carolina. That's when I really had the time and the freedom, so to speak, to be able to get out and do it. Uh, before then, I did a little bit in California, um, but I was so busy with a wife and two little kids at that time and the military stuff that I didn't get a chance to do it much. But, uh, other than that out here has been my, my bread and butter as far as the years of really being able to get into it and find stuff. So, so what, what got you going into it back then when you were so young? Um, well, I'd always been interested in some form of treasure hunting because my great grandfather was one of those actual treasure hunters didn't, didn't yeah. use a metal detector was actually searching for the lost legendary treasures and stuff and my grandma used to tell me a bunch of stories about it as I got older um, I was too young to even know what kind of knowledge he held that I could have snagged you know or maybe got some of right. his books or write write-ups or whatever his diary so to speak of whatever he had gone to and um love to have them now for sure but yeah he used to travel for any kind of historical type gold treasure type history you know lost treasures whatever he was on the search for it so was it was that like a, a job for him or was that just a, a i honestly don't know i didn't i mean i was probably i think i was 10 or 11 when he passed away so i yeah. didn't really have a chance to really get to really talk to him and know him you know so you got to hear stories and go, oh, crazy grandpa. Oh, you yeah. Know? But, yeah. And then when he was a gymnast, too, as far as he would do, um, he would polish stones, a stone polisher and cutter and yeah. stuff. So he made a lot of silver jewelry with, you know, different stones and stuff like that. So he was into that as well. But Nice. Yeah. But yeah. When I moved out to North Carolina, that's when I really started getting involved in metal detecting and realizing what what could be found out out on this side of the, of the country <laughs> so you said you you picked it up when you were younger and yeah you, and you just put it down because it didn't interest you at that time or you just no had... and and i didn't really have a i had a couple of bounty hunters early on uh, uh -huh. i had bought one when i was in the marine corps and i tried it at the beach and of course not knowing anything about metal detecting at that time bounty hunter is not the best thing to have at the beach you know so <laughs> i got kind of frustrated didn't were. find anything but i did go down to where i was stationed at i went down to the old park that had been there since camp pendleton was built and i found a couple of wheat pennies so that kind of you know sparked me but i did find a at the volleyball pit which is just right down from my i was in communication so my comm shop set up on top of a hill 
and just below the hill was a little volleyball pit. And to the left of one of the pole, the net poles, probably about, I don't know, eight, nine inches down was a um, 1934 Mexican peso and a silver ring in the same hole. So nice. that was my first treasures, you know, legit treasures as a, with a bounty hunter. And that was, the and I'd only been out a couple of times. So I was pretty hooked after that. I still got the yeah. coin. I don't have the ring though. Cool. That's cool. I used to go on Boy Scout campouts at Camp Pendleton growing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> got a... Yeah. I would love to know what I know now and, but know then back when I was stationed out there to be able to know where to go and things like that. Right. Because I mean, Camp Pendleton's old in itself. There was all kinds of just on base parks and places you could have gone to even old housing places. You could have hit oh, from the huge. 1930s and forties and found stuff. So oh, definitely around, around the housing. Mm -hmm. that definitely parks, the little play areas for kids. I mean, there's no telling what's right. out there that, right. you know, don't now I'm out here in North Carolina. I'd like to go down to Camp Lejeune and do the same thing. Don't drink <laughs> oh, the water. The water. <laughs> yeah, don't drink the water. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like probably Mexico. Any, probably anywhere down there. But uh, yeah. so are you, uh, and I usually ask everybody, metal detectors, do you specialize in anything in particular? Or are you just, I, I mean, my motto is dig it all. Save some history and bury the drama. So I'm I'm out in the summer, the winter, the fall. I bury the drama. Place. I'll go to the house. I'll go to an old house site. I go in the farm fields. Uh, just depends. I, basically, for me, metal detecting is like hunting season or fishing season. It's it, there's a certain season for each thing that I do. So when it gets hot, I hit the water. When it's cold, I'll hit farm fields or woods and stuff like that. Um, when the crops are down after deer season's over, then I really pound my farm fields and stuff that I've got permissions to. So, <clears throat> said, so dig it all and bury the drama, huh? Dig it all, save some history, and bury the drama. I say, kind of like that. New t shirt, <laughs> new t shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> I, I got it. Save history. Sorry. It's on the back of my challenge coin and my my stickers and stuff is the dig it all save some history. But due to a uh, hater, I had to add the bury the drama. So can I use that for a t-shirt? Sure. Cool. Hey Wayne Peterson, how you doing, Nugget Brain? Like a belly detector t-shirt. Uh Dick and Dixie's ask anyone from South Carolina. Why have I not been able to see that name yet on here? I don't know. He's right under Jersey Ray. Oh, there. Hi, Dixie. Digging Dixie. And Mr. Peterson, <laughs> Dave Carlisle, how you doing tonight? So what are I, I, what are your plans? Uh, you got a YouTube channel. What's that? What's the name of that? I've actually got two because the one that's got the most uh, followers have actually been flagged because of racism because of my whitey nickname. So oh no. Um, so I changed it and it didn't it didn't fix it. So I changed it to Sergeant's Discoveries. And but because the original flag was put on my original name, 
uh, Heath Jones, a good buddy of mine, he's the one that told me that he goes, once you're flagged, you're flagged. I mean, you won't, you're not gonna be able to go any further with your current account. He said, you're gonna have to create a new one. So I did create a new one. I've got one video up and it's, um, dig it all, save some history. But, um, like I said, I kind of transitioned over to TikTok after, after I got, uh, basically shut down you know it kind of was a blow in the hit in the gut you know and kind of took the momentum out of me as far as youtube stuff i mean i've still got my imac and my program that i use but it's just so time consuming that tiktok's easier faster and you know it's you know three minute videos i can go live if i want to now so um, how dare you use your white privilege yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, you now have 23 subscribers, and I'll get that link in my... Yeah, get that link up there. I'll get that link. I mean, my old videos are still on my original page, and I, I was going to transition some of them over into the new one just to have it. Uh, but like I said, I kind of got the got the breath knocked out of me a little bit and decided to put a hold on TikTok stuff or uh, YouTube stuff because of their policies and stuff the way they handled my my account so yep i do that a lot at least they didn't totally delete it no it just they they don't the way heath explained it to me is whenever he typed it in it popped up as as a racist site and then he said once you're a flag like that you you may get a couple of followers and you may get a one or two videos that may get a you know 500 to a thousand views but you're really not ever going to take off because right. they all think gonna, you're racist you've, you've been branded that. yeah they're going to get filtered and knocked down and stuff so i was like well crap i might as well not even put any more into that one you know so <clears throat> like i said earlier you might want to look into uh, uh rumble they're doing live videos now yeah, uh, they're, they're growing and uh, they're really trying to get people who get flagged, people who get kicked off of YouTube. You know, they're really, and their format has changed at all. Their format has just changed uh, Monday, I believe, where it looks a lot like YouTube now. Yeah. Uh, when you go to it. And you can do live, like I said, you can do live videos. And have you done any live stuff? Um, I used to do live videos on Facebook all the time, and I'd do it for any silver coin that I found. I'd go live or anything really cool. Yeah. I'd go live. Um, I haven't been live in a while. Um, th- I don't even remember. The- I think the last time I went live was whenever I was with uh, Detecting with Lucky and Lee, who was in the chat. Uh, we were up at Harper's Ferry, and that's when I dug that rare Ohio breastplate, and he did a live video for me up there because we had to get we had, our phones was weren't working and we had to use the homeowner's Wi-Fi because of where we were at. So. <laughs> but yeah, I was, uh, I knew I had a breastplate. I just didn't know how good of one I had until I got it all cleaned off and I sent it to a buddy of mine and he said it was, uh, um, uh, it was the rarest union plate you can dig. So there's, it's the nine on the list of all plates and it's the number one on the union side. So there's eight Confederate ones above it basically. Wow. So. And uh, Ed put the link into your your other channel. Oh, yeah. Got it. So there it is, guys. If you want to go check that out. Yep. So since you you're not going to be building up your YouTube anymore, mm-hmm. 
I may get back into it. I just haven't. I just kind of put a hold on it. I oh, guess I, that I, makes now, sense. do you do you make all your TikToks on TikTok, or do you make them in an app and upload them to TikTok? Um, the last two videos I did. Let me. I, it's a Tap Cut. I think is the name of the app, or Cap Cap Cut is the name right. of it. Right. Um, I used that one on my last two TikTok videos. But TikTok has some pretty good features. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have another app to do it. Oh, I I understand. Um, but you could, if you uploaded it separate, you could upload them both to, because there's big changes from what I hear uh, mm. coming in the way of shorts on this okay. platform. And... Um, <laughs> A lot of long content creators like me with live streaming might not like it, but I'm starting to do shorts because Ask Jesse, almost everything I have for long format since I've started this show pretty much is in editing. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're, June will be doing this show for six years. Oh, wow. So. Uh, there's a long time of stuff for editing to be piling up. Uh, eight, eight years or so worth of editing? <laughs> Probably because, she's. I, I think the longest time I have in one video was over 36 hours of editing. And wow. I, I wasn't pleased with what... I, I worked hard on it, and then I'm like, that's all it's getting? Oh man, that's that's how I was feeling. I would be, I'd, I'd work like you said, 24, 36 total hours on it just while I'm sitting here at my desk and you know, and get maybe a thousand or two thousand views. And it's like it's not even doing what I what I was hoping it would do, you know. So, but right, uh, most a lot of metal detecting stuff is so saturated now, everybody's doing something and it just floods the. You know, it's no nothing against anybody doing it. It's just there's so many out there already doing it that it's hard to keep up with everybody. So, well, it, 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 it that is way with every niche, right? Yep. And, it, and it is in a sense that for you it seems saturated, but for yep. the new person coming in, the new yep. kid wanting to learn about it, there's not enough. You know, yeah, that's true. So. I, I, I still, even if, if you've been doing it for a while and you haven't um, put out a how-to video in a while, yeah, because you know things have changed since last time. You maybe did something. Now you do it different. No, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an opportunity to do another how-to video that yeah. could you know give you a little more traction. You know, exactly. With you, because there's people coming in all the time. I mean, it's not like. Yeah. The people that are doing it are the only ones that are going to do it from now on. So you got yeah. young people who want to bring them in. So that's one way to do it, I think. You know, yeah. do some fresh how-to videos, you know. Um, you can even do something like, you know, I used to do it this way. You can go back to this video and see how I used to do it. Now this is what I do because I've learned yeah. this is better. You know, yeah. you know, just... There's always room for error and room for growth, so... I, to, right, to, there's always yes. room for... Teaching, yeah, also, you know, because uh, that's you know one of for me teaching helps me grow. I'm exactly. sure a lot of people that way. You know, oh yeah, so, 
Anytime you get an opportunity to teach a little kid something new. <laughs> hey, I and love the teaching them how to go pan. That's always sure. fun. And like I said, it may be boring to you because you've been doing it. it may be boring to the rest of us because we do it, we've seen it, seen it, seen it. But it it will not be boring to the new person who's just wanting to get into it, wanting to learn. Here they got somebody else to look at. Oh, look. <laughs> John does it this way. Aqua Jigger does it that way. You know, uh, this person does it another way. Well, that's how I learned too. <laughs> I watch all these different people and figure out my own way. The hell with them. <laughs> so we're not we're not gonna. So what are you what are you planning on? Uh, how since you don't feel you can carry YouTube any further. Because you're not going to be monet you're not monetized, right? No. Oh yeah. Oh, you're not. Mm -hmm. oh. No. So, so it's not about making money. No, I don't. I, I mean, it'd be nice, I guess, but I haven't put that as a focus. My focus is to basically dig as much history and stuff like that as I can while I'm able to metal detect and stuff and you know if something i was sponsored by whites and things like that you know that was a, a great honor for a short time before they sold to garrett um but other than that i mean i just like getting out there and finding stuff that you know i love going to places that people have already metal detected and just try to find what they've missed i think that's more of a challenge to me and more fun than to go out and i like virgin sites don't get me wrong but i, I love the challenge of going out to a spot that I know has been hit and where I found that Ohio breastplate, it had actually been hit several times by several different people. And us three that went there, we were, we were pulling stuff out all over the place. So I don't know, I don't well, know what they did, what they did wrong, what machines they were using, but well, they missed a lot. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. Do you think it was because the machines you were using, do you think maybe it was because of your experience that may have helped out more than anything else. I mean, because that's I don't know. I mean, I, I can't I can't judge an individual on how they metal detect. I know I can only go off what I hear. And that's what I tell all my buddies who sometimes they get upset with me when I find something good. I'm like, you know, we're all using the same machine. We have the same setup. I just happen to walk over it and you didn't, or maybe you did walk over it and you didn't like the sound. I dig some crazy sounds. I dig some iffy targets. I dig some scratchy targets. I dig some solid targets. And it, I found it very, um, how would I say this? A lot of my, some of my most amazing finds have not been a solid hit. That Ohio breastplate was about 11 inches down and I barely heard it. Hmm. I mean, it was, and I was using the big coil, but it was just a faint high tone. And I just kept, I could hear it. And I was like, there's something down here. And so I just, and I was, and honestly, I thought it was going to be just a big piece of iron to be honest, you know, until I got down there just because of how it sounded. It just sounded like a big iron piece is what it, like deep iron. And thinking what Dee says, experience yep. knowing his machine, which is yep. what I preach all the time. <laughs> yep. I, I well, and that's what I tell everybody too, is, you know, you're only as good as, as what time you put into whatever machine you're using. You can find something with any metal detector. It doesn't matter what right. it is. It doesn't have to have all these bells and whistles. It could be just a generic, basic, turn it on and go machine. If you don't know your machine and you don't know what certain things sound like, you're not going to find anything until you start digging all of those signals 
and being able to put in your mind, okay, this is what a nickel sounds like. This is what a pull tab sounds like. This is what a dime, a quarter, a silver ring, a, a, a silver war bullet, whatever it is, until you start putting that training in action and learning yourself on that one machine before you move on to a bunch of other machines. Because it's not jumping from this machine to that machine to that machine to this next and newest and greatest machine that's going to help you find stuff. It's what you can learn with the one you currently have is what's going to cause you to find stuff. That's what I've always said. I could I could swing the same machine for the rest of my life and I'm going to find probably as much stuff if you know as much as somebody else is going to find using five different machines over a five year span because they keep buying the latest and greatest one. Sorry. I'm too yeah, poor to uh... buy the latest and greatest. <laughs> <laughs> but every manufacturer thinks theirs is the greatest. I don't yeah. care what it is, from dredges to yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah. We've had a, quite a few manufacturers and inventors and stuff on our show, Sean, and uh, they all think well, their yeah. product's the best. But I can't well, blame yeah. them. I'd be the same way, I mean, I'm sure. You know, yeah, I mean, it's good to have the passion for something that you designed or engineered and you think you've done the best you could possibly do, but it's just like buying a computer at a store and three months later it's obsolete because there's a new and greater, better computer right. that's already out within three to six months. So right. technology is going to change for the rest of our lives. I mean, it's never going to stop. So right, like Terry Curry just uh, commented, there's very few original machines. In fact, there's probably only one. And that's the first yeah. metal detector, right? Yeah. But uh, everything since then has been just innovation new and improved you know yep. like your basic car i guess oh yeah yeah everything, better I mean, technology with circuitry right. and everything now everything's solid state and small and yep lighter shoot right. my old coin master my old white's coin master was like carrying a toolbox, I swear. <laughs> a heavy one, right, like too. Hey, everything beyond the drivetrain and wheels is, you know, innovation and, you know, oh, yeah. on a car, right? Yep. So, <laughs> same with the metal detector machine, uh, metal detector. You know, they, <laughs> the, the, the circuitry gets better, but they still do the same job. And you oh, still yeah. have to learn it. You still have yeah. to figure out what those sounds are. Well, and just because it's got a lot of uh, fancy settings and stuff like that, that does help you. I'm not saying it doesn't help you, but just because it has it on there doesn't make it, for say, a better machine. Because unless you learn all of those, like a CTX 3030 can be very complex to some, some users, just like a Deus 1 or Deus 2 could be because it's got so many different settings. You get something like a mind lab or a uh, let's say a um, uh, even the the Garrett Apex. You know, it's it's almost a just a turn on and go for a multi frequency machine. It doesn't have a bunch of fancy settings like all these other you know stuff does. So um, it's yeah, it's like, going to be up to the person on how how well you can adjust and learn things. If you can't, if you're not good at learning and exploring and reading manuals and watching videos on how to use how to set up your machine and you just want to be able to turn on and go then you probably shouldn't get one of the higher end machines as a, as a you know starting out anyway let's put it that way right right yeah there are you know my my lab my monster 1000 it, it's got a dollar goes gold not gold <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> gold, not gold. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. Well, I like that. It's a specific, it's a gold machine, you know. Right. But right. Even though you can pick up anything with it. Sure. You know, and that's the thing, too. You can pick, I can find the other, the garbage. I can find the pull tabs and the, and the lead and the nails. Aluminum foil. Aluminum foil balls. I can find those, no problem. You know, yeah. So, and eventually, as you learn your machine, though, like, uh, like his name's Lucky, uh, Robert. He, it's a true statement. If some sounds you just know is going to be something, at least it's brass, for instance, like something a solid, good signal. It sounds different. It's not going to have that that scratchy, crunchy sound like a piece of aluminum or a can or something like that. But when you hit something solid like a brass pipe or copper tubing or a, a you know, something that's got some real high tone conduct, a high conductor blaring back at you, then yeah, it's going to, you'll know those different tones. You're going to always dig those. So. I, I'm, uh, like I said, I, you know, my, 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 my uh, white or my uh, Garrett though, that one has all the buttons and bells and whistles and everything. Mm-hmm. Do I find gold with it? I don't know. I've never really tried. You know, it's mostly <laughs> my my in their neighborhood, front yard, and down the yeah. street machine. You know, hoping yep. to hit this Victorian house one day machine. <laughs> you know, not that I don't take my mind lab because you know yeah. you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I don't want to miss that gold ring. Gold is yep. gold. Yeah, any of that. But I think I could find it with that too. Just not going to find. The little nuggets that that the mine lad finds. So I lads. I would assume most of you would say go with the tone over the VDI. Oh, definitely. Yep. I hardly ever look at my screen. It's always what I hear in my ears. What I decide to dig, and as long as it's repeating and not too, like if it skips high grunt, high grunt, I usually don't dig those. But if it's a solid back and forth i'm getting a tone and i'll sometimes i will look at the vdi just to see if it jumps if if you know if i can usually tell it jumps a little bit just by listening to it but then i verify it and then but if it's a solid tone and it's going back and forth it's it's getting dug even if it's trash so right that's how i clean my yard yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, dig, I mean i probably dig i probably dig one good item for every I'm going to say at least 40, if not 50 targets that I dig. And that's just guessing. So, yeah. Well, as Deej would <laughs> say, say, you got to dig the trash to dig the treasure. Yeah, that's, yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> he does have so, stickers available. <laughs> do you, uh, slow, yep. do you have any places you'd like to go that you haven't? Uh, I definitely want to cross the big great pond and go over to the UK, Europe, somewhere over there in England and find some, I need a, I need something older than 1600s or 1700s, which is about the max you can get over here unless you get lucky and somebody brought over some 14 or 1500s coin with them and lost it. But um, my oldest thing is probably a trapezoid buckle, which dates into the late uh, 16, early 1700s. Uh, I've got a couple of reals and stuff like that, but 
I want to get over and get them hammies and then uh, some Roman. of the old uh, Roman stuff. And just, I just, I mean, they, these guys over, you know, the guys over there, they walk in their backyard and, you know, and they dig 17, 18, 1900 stuff and they just toss it in a ditch because that's not old of them. <laughs> I remember KG and Ringy was telling me a story when they went over there. These guys were digging 17 to 1900 stuff and they just throw them in a ditch and KG and Ringy were grabbing it all. They were like, man, this is like gold over in the U.S. because we don't, we don't well, find this stuff. Well, here. And there, there's, a, there's a guy I know here, a gold prospector. If it's not a, at least a picker, yeah, he tosses it back. But he's looking for just, he's looking for nuggets and pickers. Nothing small. Nothing tiny, tiny. You can't yeah. pick it up. You don't want it. Yeah. If he has you know, to snuff it yeah. up with the snuffer bottle, no, no. he'd rather no, no. seed it. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, gold don't grow. It just pinches and gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. somebody, anybody got any questions in here? Yeah, if you have any questions, feel free. Ask away. Um, make our job easier, and we'll relay them to Sean. What's... I still have my treasure porn to oh, show yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, Ohio Rock Hunter. <laughs> need to come to Ohio. My oldest yeah. point is 1652. That's old. That's what I was saying. I've responded back to him. We, I mean, there are cobs that can be found over in like Virginia, East Coast, Virginia side. There's people that find cobs all over there all the time. And then you go up further up north and you start getting into like the pine tree shillings and some mm -hmm. of them old first U.S. coins. And then the reals, of course. I mean, those are old, but um, we get them. North Carolina, the way I always tell everybody, it was kind of like the redheaded stepchild. It kind of it has history, but it's not as much as South Carolina and North Carolina or uh, Virginia. I'm sorry. It's like we so got know, little spurts of stuff. <laughs> so I know that uh, in the early days, the United States, the states had their own, even some of the banks and towns had their own money, uh, paper money. Yeah. Did they also uh, uh, stamp out coins? For these? Yes, but a lot of the colonial states had their own state coppers. Like I dug a Canadian uh, Canadian a Connecticut copper about three years ago now, but they got a, a lot of the, the original 13 colonies. Most of them had uh, their own state uh, copper coins, like a large set. So, so, and that'd be sort of like a bank token also. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, but each, each state had its own govern governor, you know, so to speak. So they had their own monetary money or whatever right. coins and stuff kind of like the confederate had their own money whenever the civil right. war came in so each state was almost like its own little country in a sense back then i guess they didn't really have because they they used the reals up until i don't know probably about the late early late 17 early 1800s when they stopped yeah you know, well a lot of spanish silver was used on a global scale for for commerce yeah so, yeah i've seen some that are stamped with asian stamps and stuff and all yep. kinds of cool stuff on some spanish coins yeah i've got a, a counter step a counter stamped uh, large scent that has the like the merchant stamp on it it's pretty cool i dug it at my 
where I dug my rare North Carolina button. Now, what's your very favorite find so far to date? It's going to be probably a toss-up between two to three items, and they're right here in the middle of this case, to be honest. Um, maybe four, because I, I didn't bring my Rev Revolutionary War bar shot is over in my case. I'll show it later. But uh, let the camera get caught up here. That top one is the rare Ohio breastplate that I dug up at Harper's Ferry. And then just, I don't know if I got my camera right, in the middle is my uh, fork tongue Confederate plate. And then in the center in that circle is my rare North Carolina button. That button is only one of eight known to exist. Wow. I'm trying to get it back over, make sure I'm waiting for the video to catch up. There we go. So, and then I've got a U.S., just a regular U.S. Uh, buckle and a U.S. box plate that I found nearby at the same location together. They were about probably about a half a mile apart. Uh, two bat wings and then, like I said, a military buckle and then a Confederate clip buckle. And then when I went to one of my DIVs recently, I dug a pistol mold. So this one was had a was uh, carried by a Union officer and uh, I had it electrolysed and restored you can still you can see the holes in it so but uh well, that's a, i was hoping to be cool if it, cool right it had lead in it yeah so that that was a u.s officer and then like i said you won't be able to see it till i take the camera over or the computer over there but my rev war bar shop was shot it was found at uh in virginia near yorktown and it was probably used in the Battle of Yorktown. So to find them in the farm field is pretty rare because they normally shot them into the ocean to dismantle the uh, rigging and the mass of a ship. So they could either just disable it to kill it, blow it up, or to, you know, board it and take it over. Uh, Bill says he'd be happy with Bill Ohio Relic Hunter. He said yes. he'd be happy with a bat win, and Jersey Ray Dig said I'd be happy with the display case, Bill. <laughs> right, Jersey yeah. Ray. Um, now we we often ask, don't we, Jesse? You, well, I don't know. What are you going to ask, Ed? I don't uh, know. I, I'm not involved. <laughs> you might be asking something weird, bro. I know. What? is the scariest experience that you've ever had while you've been out treasure hunting? Probably walking in the woods in Virginia. That's about the one I can think of. Well, I've had two and they both involve nope ropes, but uh, I was walking in a, in the woods in Virginia and I had two different types that were non-venomous, but they were the blue racer and a black snake. The blue racer, the black snake shot first. It went straight ahead of me and it didn't, you know, it, I just knew it was there. So I walked up another 20 yards and a blue racer was right in front of me and it shot right between my legs. And that one kind of scared me until I realized what it was. <laughs> um, the one that did really scare me was we were river hunting and I slipped and fell and there was a big rock to the left of me. And I laid my, I hit my hand on it to brace myself. And there was a baby copperhead within like two inches from my Ooh. hand. And I literally did like a double tap. Like I just tapped it enough to get the heck up back up. And that was it. Cause I, as I fell, I saw it and I jumped back up immediately. 
but that was I almost got bit by a baby copperhead because it was that was mm. I mean I was literally that close from him. <laughs> and I I am sure they could be a lot like a baby rattler. They just pump yeah. the venom into you and keep pumping it. Yeah. So, hey, speaking yeah. of Troy Johnson, how you doing, Troy? Troy. <laughs> no, you can't go. Plug your phone in, Rach. Plug your phone in, sis. <laughs> Thank you, Jersey oh. Ray. Talk to you soon. We'll have to talk to Nicole and Chad and see about hitting that permission in New England. <laughs> it's only about 12, 13 hour drive. Not too bad. <laughs> Real quick. Troy. Check your Facebook. I think you've been hacked. Uh-oh. Got a friend request from you. Oh. Yeah. He just said it. Wants, you want to send me money. The stinking hackers for my old account. And, okay. And, Troy, if you try and get me on my account, I have no account no more. <laughs> uh, flipping Facebook, I tell you. No wonder Dano hates it. <clears throat> so, uh, you've been detecting for quite a while, you military man, snakes, what was your pretty MLS? scary. <laughs> I, 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 thought was he, I thought he told us his job. Oh. Oh, right. What's that? That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Currently, I'm working for uh, Verizon right now as a contractor, but I'm uh, looking to get a full time job again soon. But <laughs> um, okay, Troy. Okay. We, we know you want to go across the pond, so I don't know if that question would fit now, but let's well, do it anyway. anyway. Go ahead, yeah. Jesse. Let's do it anyway. No, you you have no limitations, no boundaries. Laws don't stop you. Money okay. is no problem. If you had any place you could metal detect or a treasure out of any kind, where would you go? In the U.S. would probably be Gettysburg. Oh, anywhere. Mars, for all I care. Oh, okay. Well, I'd probably stay in Gettysburg because there's, there's so much okay. history up there. There's so much in right. that ground. It's probably and never you'd be been able done. to get. Yeah, you'd be able to get places nobody else can get to. That's never been yep. done. Yep. Would that be cool? Would that be cool? Yeah. I think if I if I was to win the lottery, I would try to buy a section of Gettysburg from the government if I could, <laughs> just to metal detect it. I'm sure the city will sell something. Yeah, I'd give them some money. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jersey Ray, when I go other places, I know that there are things that could hurt me. In my county, there are no poisonous snakes, bear sightings are rare, and the like, but I forgot, forget that when. I, I go other places, yeah, yeah. Like when we're out west, you know, could be yep. cougars lurking and 
scorpions, scorpions, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes, and down south in Ohio where we live, not until you're real far south, you don't have to worry about coppermouths or moccasins. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what I'm seeing more and more around here, Ed? Up here, even coyotes. 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 Not the kind yeah. that sneak people across the border. The real ones, the, you know, four legged ones. And I see them going up and down the railroad tracks, following the deer. Now, I, I believe in Bill's neck of the woods, he might have a little black bear running around or something. And I've heard of some timber rattlers on the east side of Ohio. But in our neck of the woods, not much. I bet you got some, some coyotes roaming around there, too. Oh, yeah, but we have a lot of redneck farmers that shoot at them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coyotes you got to be careful for. They're, they're sneaky little boogers. They'll, they'll come up behind you and try to nip your, uh, your ankles okay. to disable I, you. Dude, I just saw a video. I think it was on Telegram, I believe. If you've got coyotes in your areas, do not tie your dogs up. Nope. Do not tie your dogs up. Your dogs are helpless. If yep. they get a couple of coyotes on them, they can't run and hide or get away from them. Yep. Yeah. Bill says, yep, copperheads, coyotes, and the only cougars we have are at the bars around closing <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, Bill, you're always good for a laugh, buddy. Well, that's because he's out hunting cougars. <laughs> <laughs> I got me a cougar. I kept her. She's older than me, but she looked younger. <laughs> there you I go. I joke with her about it all the time. Ain't nothing wrong with a good cougar. Oh, no. Hey! You're not, <laughs> not a cougar. You don't need to say that. <laughs> uh, well, be careful for words. that flying fire frying pan, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it right now. <laughs> Here she has. I it up first. Up for some reason, not my. Oh car. yeah. <laughs> Troy goes busted. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little tour of your uh, all right. your treasure room there? All right, hold on. It's all here. Yeah. Okay, you guys. So this is the one wall right there. Got my some buttons and my certificate for my U.S. plate getting restored, and some other buttons, flat buttons, some colonial, and some older stuff right in this. In this case, some of my more ornate buttons right there in that one. And then let's see if I can flip you guys down again like I did earlier. Can you guys see that, or is it still? Oh, we got you. So that's that's my treasures there's some colonial stuff gun parts back there some locks some civil war frags back around the back row locks there's some coins there's my i don't know if you guys can see the reals and the seated there's a cap bust half oh, that, that, that center box 
Yeah, the the one in the center, the foreign, the Mexico coin, that's the one I dug out in California, my first silver coin up there. If you can see the, the oh, little box the, on the top. Yeah, the top box. The one underneath has got the reals, though, right? Yeah, reals and seated okay. and uh, cat bus and my trime. And then there's that bar shot I was telling you about. Wow. And that fuse to the left is called an archer fuse. It's a very rare fuse. It's a, it's a, they're not, they're not easy to find. And if you found, if, if that piece wasn't broken, it'd be worth about 600 bucks just by itself. Wow. And then I don't know if you can see the spur, but that one in the middle, the big one, that's a Confederate spur that was filled, repaired during the, during the battle or something like that. He's got a piece of iron stuck in between the two pieces there that's broke. <laughs> And then the one on top is a union one and they were both found in the same field. So that I found them in the same, the same day I was out there. That's and cool. uh, over here is more of just odds and ends, arrowheads, tokens, just little whatnots. You can kind of see my arrowheads in there. Ooh, some of them. I like oh, arrowheads. Yeah. Let me open this up. You can see it better now. Oh yeah. Very nice. That top, that, nice that, that axe I found in New Mexico when I was about 12 years old, my grandparents lived out there and that's where I started arrowhead hunting was out there. Nice. Uh, back in the back is kettle points that, that comes from uh, like New York area. So those are about 1600s, those kettle points in the back. Sweet. And then this was all from just about one area. I found a, an old military world war one or I think it's world war one military facility that, just in a random farm field, they had an old airstrip out there, and all these buttons are out in this field. Cool. And then here's some more, just some World War One and Two Army stuff, and that's actually a real dog tag that I found in somebody's yard. I found the gentleman; he passed away, and I, I'm trying to get in contact with his two sons, and I haven't been able to get a hold of neither one of them, so they haven't responded to me. But I'll keep trying. And in this case right here is empty because what I do is every year I start fresh with a clean case. And so I haven't even filled it up yet. So Already. <laughs> and then there's some, my rings and stuff are over there. But that's my relic room. I'm a lot like you, Jersey Ray and Bill. And bags and boxes. Bags and boxes, or I give them away. <laughs> <laughs> or the highest oh, I, I, had a, I had a question for you. Wait a minute. What's that? Back here in a second. But keep talking. <laughs> um. Oh, so, you know, one of the things that I've noticed when talking to, um, oh, a few things I'm melee detectors. Um, first of all, they're, they're, they're sometimes sudden love for history, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I've never asked, and I'm, because I go through it myself when I find something. What's been your most bizarre theory that you thought of when you find something like, oh, I wonder how this got here. What could have happened 
that made this piece be here. Like like when you when you first showed the uh, the stirrups or the, yeah. uh, uh, the from the north and the south, right in the same field, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But the first thought in my mind, I wonder if these guys spot each other. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know that that's so I, I'm wondering what's been like your weirdest or maybe. Maybe even something that you thought of and it actually was happened. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a buddy of mine actually found a, a, a two real in the middle of nowhere. And we that was like very puzzling as to how it got there because there was nothing nearby that a that old of a coin should have been there. So it, I mean, the, the land's old, don't get me wrong. Either that or somebody newer, like more modern in maybe late 18, early 1900s just had a real in their billfold or pocket and they carried around it because it was pretty worn. I mean, you could, there was like two spots on this two real that indicated what it was. Other than that, it would just look like a slick silver. So good chance it was maybe somebody's lucky coin, but just the odds of a two real being where this coin was found was, it was bizarre. So okay. uh, for that you know, I, I witnessed it because I, when I first saw it, I thought it was just a punch out. That's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. uh, just a, an electrical box punch, punch out. It didn't look like a silver coin. Right. Um, as far as for me, man, I can't think of other than maybe the bar shot being, but we were close to, you know, Yorktown, but it was in the middle of a farm field. And I actually picked it up and walked it at about 100 yards and put it up next to a fence because I thought it was just a big piece of iron. I had no idea what it was. And I got about halfway back and I, my in, inner inner thoughts hit me and said, you might want to go grab that and go live, dummy, because it looked like a cannonball. And when I first dug the one in, it looked like, it, it looked like a right. cannonball. So I walked all, excuse me, I walked all the way back over to pick it up and walked back to where I dug it. And I um, went Facebook live and everybody started chiming in. It was like, dude, you just dug a, a bar shot. <laughs> and I had no idea what a bar shot was. I had to Google it myself. Because there's also called a chain shot as well. It's just a chain in the middle of uh, like a, a cannonball that's been cut in half and they weld two, two, a chain in the middle of it. So it spins right. just like the bar shot right. does. <clears throat> but it swings like a bolo or something. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, that's probably, if I had to say anything, that's probably the one thing I could, and actually that even the North Carolina, the rare button, I mean, I use soil surveys is what I use to find a lot of old houses. And I know there's a lot of older stuff out there. Um, but what I do is I'll go into a farm field and I'll scan it with a soil survey. And if there was a black dot on there, then I know there was something there. Well, in this particular spot that I got is part of a hunting lease. And it was like a 1920 soil survey. When you I wash your body, the, do you use a moldy loofah? Dirty... You know, it's an old house from 1930s. And I just figured I'd find, you know, your normal 1930s to 50s type type trash and stuff. And um, I started seeing feather edge pottery. I started digging flat buttons. And I'm like, okay, there's something older out here. And so I ended up finding two more home sites within that 1930s home site. So there was something in the late 1700s, something in the mid 1800s. And then the 1930s house or whatever, because um, I found a seated half dime. I found five large cents. I found three different North Carolina buns. I found the, the rare one. And then I found another NC sunburst and I found an NC state seal button. I found a one Civil War bullet and I found a the top part of a staff officer's uh, union button that was it's actually tacoed. 
I've got it over in my case. Um, so things like that were either some of those were just souvenirs or possibly the guy that maybe owned the property originally, maybe he died in the Civil War because a lot of the buttons I found were more feminine than they were male, like masculine or whatever. So it made me think that they, a lot of more of these boot buttons, I don't know if, you, if you've seen the old uh, early 1800s women's boots, they had these uh -huh. little buttons on them. And yeah, well, it's not even a hook. It's, it looks like a button, but they, they would use no, no. the leather to go over that button, you know? Yeah, well, and that's what I they found, use. They use the hook to put that yeah. loop around the button. Yes. Well, I've dug tons of those little boot buttons out there and they're all flowery, decorative type, you know, ornate type buttons. And so I know, I think the woman lived there long enough to, you know, her husband must have passed away in the war or something because there was not much manly stuff lost. Like there wasn't any uh, harmonica reads. There wasn't any just the normal things that you would find if it was a man and a woman living there with their kids for years to, you know, and right. like, there was no kid stuff found. It's just been, it's just been sporadic and it's just an odd spot of, yes, I'm in North Carolina. Yes. I'm in, you know, where Confederate North Carolina Confederate troops were, but the variety of what I found is what makes it odd, you know, because if I hadn't have seen the soil survey and the black dot for the 1930s house, I'd have never found the other two houses. So, right. Right. Okay. Have you ever so found any like soldier art, like uh, carved chess yes, pieces actually. from bullets? Not that. Um, I do have some carved bullets. I've got, um, excuse me, I've got a, uh, uh, they used them for uh, poker. It's they took the, they cut the Civil War bullet in half where the hole part is and they flatten that out. So it's, it looks like it's a circle with a hole in it. It's got two little niches on the side. And then I've got one chess piece that they did the same thing. They cut the they cut the top cone off and they did a slant on one piece of it and they flattened it kind of like this. And it's like narrow and flat, so to speak. And it looks like it might be a pond is what it kind of looks like. Oh, but cool. yeah, I found I've got two car bullets and I was with a buddy of mine who actually dug. Um, we were in Virginia and he dug a carved uh, bullet that was carved into a little mini cannon. Like, like they probably used it either just he was bored digging and or dig, being camped out there and just decided to make a cannon out of a piece out of a bullet, or they were using them for like showing on maps, you know, troop placements or something like that, possibly. Huh. Huh. That's cool. So, like, with all the digging you've been doing here and there in fields and yards and stuff, where's your barber collection? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Can you see the can you see the Coca-Cola gumball machine? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's, that's where I put my marbles. Hold on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jess, he loves his marbles. That's my marbles. <laughs> so as far as marbles, yeah. You want to look for Marbles that have a swirly pattern in them. Like ribbons. Yeah. Not cat's eyes or anything like that. These are thin swirls. No, that's a, that's going to be a bumblebee. No, these are going to be usually clear, right? Oh, okay. That will have like a, a, like a vortex swirl in there. Little okay. ribbons swirl. You find those, those are valuable marbles. Those are oh, usually wow. 
they're going to be pre-World War II German handmade marbles. Okay. I did. I actually did. I don't know if it was you or somebody told me it was a German marble, but I did. I dug a German marble that if it would have been, if it hadn't been chipped, it was supposedly a, an expensive marble. Well, even chipped, it could be worth quite a bit of money. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, you showed everything but marbles. And I know metal detectors, bottle hunt, yep. uh, dump diggers, yep. prospectors, anybody digs in the dirt finds marbles. <laughs> I like it when I find marbles around foundations on houses I'm working on. Yep. 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 A lot of clay I've, marbles. Yeah, I've got a lot of clay marbles. I've even got some rock marbles. Like they're more, they're not clay. It's made out of like they have a stone. It's a stone marble. Right. Uh, yeah. The natives use clay and so did the, uh, so did the settlers. Those yep. kids made their marbles too. Marbles been around for, I love marbles. Yeah, they I'm find out. of them. I doubt it. Ruby, has he lost his marbles? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Never to be recovered. <laughs> Ohio Relic Hunter said he's been yeah. metal detected for 30 years and he's only found the clay marbles. Eyeball finds, he says. Well, yeah, I don't register on a metal detector. Should <laughs> 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 do glass ones. Well, that's how you find them, though. Yeah, but you're finding marbles. I mean, the marbles been around for so long. I mean, oh yeah. I, do you also like no matter where, no matter where I dig, I find a marble. Yep. You know what was that? Do you also like bottle dump dig and stuff like that? I've done a few. We have a place um, that we go up to. It's a uh, Camp Butner in North Carolina, and there's a. Um, where their dump was and we go in there and we dig and we help the local museum over there um, do uh, we find dog tags. And so we give them back to the museum and the museum tries to locate a relative or the surviving service member. If he's still he or she's still alive and they try to return the dog tags back to them or the family. So we go out there as my club is uh, Wake County metal detecting. That's another link. If you want to throw it out there, there's actually a website as well. Uh, Wake County Metal Detecting is on Facebook. There's a public page. And then there's also um, Wake County Metal Detecting uh, WCMDclub.com. That's a website that I built for Wake County Metal Detecting. And it's got kind of like what you were talking about earlier, uh, making videos and, you know, how to things. I've got a bunch of how to things out there, how to how to research, how to door knock, how to uh, get permission, how to, you know, buy a machine how what tools do you need what gear do you need to wear and just all as much as i could possibly think of on the fly kind of thing i still got to do some more editing on it and updating on it and adding more things but it's a good start for this area because we've never had anything like that in wake county to have something to show who we are and where we meet and you know we meet third friday of every month at uh in raleigh north carolina uh, we have 10 categories that we bring in stuff for competition to vote on. Winner takes home a silver per category. And then at the end of the year, we do a big Christmas party and a find of the year in all 10 categories. And then depending on how many categories you win throughout the, the year, you could be hunter of the year. So 
um, that all plays a part in prizes and stuff. So we, uh, we're trying to put Wake County metal detecting on the map. We're trying to overturn a law that was changed back in 2017 and went effect into 2018, where the city of Raleigh blocked um, all metal detecting because of another club that was here. Mm. And uh, so now as president of Wake County metal detecting, I, with a few, help with some other people, and I've been in contact with a, a local uh, congresswoman, uh, we are trying to get this overturned to where at least have a permit system where we can at least get a permit and still hit the parks and the city empty lots and things like that, because Raleigh has a lot of history and it's just being destroyed every time they turn over dirt to build something on it. Uh, there was a big footprint of civil war activity in Raleigh and uh, there's just Raleigh itself is old. So. Yeah, it would be, it, it would be kind of nice if they were getting ready to tear up a piece of property to put some new yeah. in if they allowed yeah. the better factors to come in and look for that old history before um, Dorothea Dix. Time. If you if you look on a, the raw the map of Raleigh, Dorothea Dix Park is where, like I think it was thirty to sixty thousand Union troops camped there, and they were there right when uh, Lincoln got assassinated, and so they actually had to get them out of Raleigh to keep them from burning down the city of Raleigh after Lincoln got assassinated, and they actually went to where my Civil War site is. That's where I found the. The, the U.S. box plate and the U.S. buckle is at that place where those troops came from Raleigh out to my Civil War site. Oh. Um, but that's one of the parks that when I first moved here in 2016, we were able to hit it and metal detect it. But because certain people decided to get rude with some city planners and they were not picking up their iron, they would just pile it up on this uh, one spot or they'd leave it laying right there on the, on the top of the grass and let the mowers hit it. Um, it really ticked off some of the the people there at Dorothea Dix. And this lady walked up to one person in particular and started talking to him. And the guy didn't know who this person was. And apparently he pissed her off enough to where she went to the mayor of Raleigh and the city council and said, we need to shut metal detecting down. This is why. And showed her all the proof and the conversation with this one person who ruined it for all of all of this area. And now that person doesn't even live in, live in the state of North Carolina. Anymore. Jeez. So he, that's he ruined it for a bunch okay. of, bunch of, bunch of us out here. And so now I'm trying to get it back if I can. So. Yeah, I, I can see where, you know, a permitting system, maybe uh, at least get permission, yeah. you know, leave some type of, you know, information about you. Yep. Troy says, trouble lies with the dummies that leave holes and garbage all over. Same problem here in, in the parks, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it, you're, every area is going to have one, you know, one or two of these people, even in prospecting. You know, oh, yeah. you got the one or two that just don't want to. Nobody likes to follow rules. I get that, you know. Yeah. We're, we're supposed <laughs> to be free. We shouldn't have to follow rules, but come on. You know, it's okay if you're living on your own, but you're living with other people. So oh, a, little... a lot of it is lack of respect and like um, that mentality is um, what I do entitlement. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do and say what I want. A, a lot goes. Uh, uh, respect and kindness goes a long ways. So. 100%. Yep. 
a lot of people just don't think that, you know, they don't have to follow the laws, you know, they think they're above the law and that's, you know, that's the sad part. And that's what they don't realize is they're, they're just a, you know, a, a flash in the metal detecting realm as far as they probably won't even stick with a hobby, but it doesn't take much to run the hobby for years to come by right. one person mistakes. Even, even if they were only in the hobby for six months and they did something detrimental enough to cause like in the Raleigh situation, shut it completely down where you can't do any Raleigh city property at all. So right. and, just and now then, that person's gone and now his, the effects of it is lasting for years. You know, it's been years, years now. <laughs> yeah. And just think, you know, parks <laughs> and sidewalks being demoed and redone or streets yep. and right. Yep. See what Bill says, be a respectful rebel. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Bill. You rebel. Sure, yeah, you. Fucking with you. Carry yourself out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pack it in, pack it out, and take someone else's with you. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, did we touch base on what you swing? Um, I pretty much swing a little bit of a couple of different machines. I swing I still swing my MX sports sometimes in the water. Um, I, I've gotten so accustomed to using it. I've got the perfect setup on how I, you know, connected and everything. So I've never used the AT max in the water. I've always used it on land. Um, I recently bought the day two just to use it for water. And I'm actually very impressed with the day two, as far as I've taken it to some of my old sites that I've pounded for years with whites and Garrett's and, things like that. And, um, I'm very impressed with the, the day as two, as far as what it can do. So, but I wanted it in the water cause I use a Nemo and I dive down and I was using a pulse dive and I'm, you know, the pulse dive is like a PI machine. It's going to pick up every little nail, every right. bobby pin, anything. So now I've got something I can get underwater with and actually have some discrimination and not be digging you know, iron targets and yeah, usually uh, a pulse induction machine's a good gold machine. Oh yeah. I mean I dug I found almost 200 rings. It's actually to the end of the year I, I finished at 199 and a half. The only reason why I count the half is because it was a half of a silver toe ring. If it wasn't <laughs> for that I wouldn't even counted it. But um I did something about 18 or 19 recoveries, or I found, I did find one class ring in the water that I found the girl and got it back to her. It was a silver class ring. And then I found a uh, NC state class ring. I had gotten a call on the ringfinders.com to go find one NC state class ring. I went to find it and it had been lost for 22 years. And then I had previously hit a, a metal detected a house that the guy told me that him and his cousin were uh, skeet shooting and he was shooting the guy that I was talking to and the cousin was throwing the skeets well he threw a skeet and his ring went one way and the skeet went the other way and that was 52 years ago or 53 <laughs> now I guess and after I found the first NC State ring I knew exactly what it sounded like on my AT Max and the next that day or the next day I went back to that site and it's in the woods so I had to park somewhere and walk in the woods to go try to find it again in about 30 minutes, I found the other NC State class ring and I went to go give it back to him and he wasn't home. So I had to keep it for like three weeks. And then um, I happened to be because it's like a 30 minute drive back from my house to his house. 
and I'm usually not in that area. So it was, it was kind of out of the way just to make a special trip if he was, you know, so one day I had him in my truck with me, was going to drive up that way no matter what. And because I had to go in somewhere in that direction and I drove by and he was there. And so I pulled up and I said, Hey, I don't know if you remember, it's been about two years ago, but you told me about your cousin's class ring. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I did something behind your back. And I said, and I showed him the video and it has the, the date and timestamp on it. I said, three weeks ago, I went back out after I found somebody else's NC, NC State class ring. And I went to find your cousins and I had it in my hand and I dropped it in his hand. And I said, I found it for him. <laughs> so right. it was good to get it back to he, his cousin lives like somewhere in Wilmington, I think, uh, over on the beach side. So he's nowhere even close to be able to just. So you him. are so a part of Ring Finders? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Because I know. Oh, oh, shoot. I forget his name. He has Beyond Sight and Sound Radio, and he's right here in Ohio. Oh. Uh, I am for for some reason, I'm totally blind momenting his Me name. Me too. I'm, I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> I know the Beyond Sight and Sound, but I can't remember who the person is. See, at uh, least I'm not the only one who's having a brain <laughs> fart. Josh Kimmel, right. Josh yeah, Kimmel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Troy. <laughs> it was yeah, right there. I knew what it was, too. <laughs> right on the tip of our tongue. <laughs> one of my favorite ones that I found not on the ring finders is before I even joined the ring finders. I was at a little old lady's house. He's probably in her eighties. And at that time, her husband had been passed away for about five years or three years. And he had lost the ring about five years prior, you know, total. So um, I was metal detecting the yard and I, we had to leave or something. I asked if I could come back. And she said, yeah, when you come back, maybe you can find my husband's Mason ring, Masonic ring. And so I came back the next time and didn't find it. The third time I came back, I found it. And I was, I was using my White's MX Sport at that time. And it was a hot summer day. And I took a break and I literally stopped my coil on a, like a pull tab signal. And I propped it up next to my shovel and I was wiping the sweat off of me and everything. And I said, well, I'll go ahead and get this pull tab out of here. I popped the plug and I see the bottom part of a gold ring. And I, I didn't even touch it. I walked up to the house and knocked on the door and asked Miss Keith if she would, if she was busy, if she could come out and come see what I found. And I, as I, we were walking over to the spot, I asked if I could go Facebook live with her. And she said, oh yeah, absolutely. So I went live and told him, the, you know, explaining the situation and everything. And we get over there and I bend down and I said, you know, here's your, I think this is your husband's ring. And she goes, I'm gonna let you pick it up. I didn't even touch it. I wanted you to be the first one to touch it. And so she picked it up and she brushed off the dirt and everything. And she said, and I said, is that your husband's ring? She goes, it sure is. And I said, Miss Key, just think you're the first one that touched that ring since your husband lost it since he's passed away. No one else has touched it, you know? And I turned around and I'd say bye to everybody on Facebook. And I turned back and I, you know, closed out the video and everything. And I turned back around to Miss Keith and she had this big tear going down her cheek because she realized that that was her husband's ring. So it was pretty, pretty uh, heartwarming and sentimental recovery and even though i didn't i wasn't a part of the ring finders at that time it was just good to get something that precious back to her that so. is really cool. That's really cool absolutely terry curry has a question for you uh yeah uh, have the police ever asked you to detect for evidence no they haven't but we've actually reached out to the local police stations being a wake county metal detecting i wanted to reach out to the the local PD Raleigh and the surrounding towns around Raleigh 
and offer our services to help them learn their machines. Cause I know most of them have machines to find like, you know, bullets and case, shell casings and things like that. And then um, we were actually, we haven't done it yet, but we were going to put bags together of each caliber of pistols and rifle bullets and things like that with the full bullet, just the bullet itself, the, like a lead or copper casing, you know, bullet or the, the, the actual case itself, the cartridge and have those in individual bags so that if they know they're looking for say a AR, you know, a, a, a 522 or something like that, or a, a right. 308 or whatever the case is, we can hand them that bag and say, okay, well, this is what the case sounds like. This is what the bullet sounds like. And this is what the bullet together sounds like. Um, so that way they, if they want to try to find, you know, the evidence on their own, they're welcome to do that. Or if they want and we've offered to help them as well. Now we did whenever Wake County metal detecting was called triangle relic recovery, we were contacted by the Raleigh PD on a cold case that had been cold for about 10 years where a husband had let, allegedly shot his wife and through the possibly through the gun or buried the gun out in some historical land. And everything we dug had to go back to the, um, the historical uh, property. Uh, Yates mill is what it's called. And so we couldn't keep anything, no matter what it was, but we didn't right. find the gun because we think that he threw it in the, in the Yates mill pond out there. Not, he don't, we don't think he buried it, but. There were a I, magnet comes in handy. <laughs> yeah but not knowing where he threw it or what you know they're, they're right. gonna probably have to get in there with divers and stuff because it was about probably 400 yards from his house to the water itself and the kids testified against the father saying all they remember is him he left the house walked in the backyard and went into the woods and came back 10 minutes later and he what they knew he was carrying the gun at that time came back 10 minutes later without the gun and that's that's huh what led them for us to go out there and metal detect it and not knowing at the time when we first agreed to do this, they didn't tell us until after we were done and we were sitting in the parking lot and we were eating pizza because they'd order pizza for us. Uh, the, the, the husband actually still lives in that house. He was home whenever we were out there looking for that gun. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, that was a bizarre thing. If you want to go back yeah. to that bizarre question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That, that would have been pretty free. He's probably up there. He's probably looking out the window saying, you're cold, you're cold, you're getting warm, but you're cold. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got to look go up the tree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, what, another thing that I find interesting, uh, too, is, um, first of all, how were you in, how were you in history in school? I actually liked history. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really good in school to begin with. So that's probably why I joined the Marine Corps because that's what jarheads do. But history was probably <laughs> one of my favorite subjects. But if I'd have known, if I didn't know I was going to get into something like this later in age, I probably would have learned and learned history better back then, if that makes sense, I guess. I've been more sure. intrigued with so, it. So do you find yourself learning and want to learn more about history? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I don't know if you can see all the books up at the top, but that's not yeah. if you can see them. So, do you, do yeah. you, uh, so what kind of history do you delve into, like uh, just a, like Civil War or you know uh, colonial times? Yeah, I like or, colonial and I like colonial and Civil War type stuff. Um, with the Camp Butner up here, we get to do the World War II, you know, era because that's what I was like. 
I was actually just talking about this the other my last uh, group meeting that we had. Um, you know, the, the the rev war is pretty much pounded. There's so many. Everybody has dug that for since the probably 1960s. You know, right. then you get into the Civil War and people has really hit that. And that the World War One and the World War Two stuff that's being found in Germany and Europe and stuff like that. That's like the new major war relics that's going to be sought after you know in the next 20 30 40 50 years because there's so much of it over in europe and stuff yeah and, they're fine yeah right they're finding tons of it over there especially exactly like and that's that's another thing i'd like to go do is go dig some in, in some of the german battlefields and get some of the german helmets or oh, you know yeah. the german insignias and things like that that you know you just it's all it's history you know well and that's a that's a big thing that metal detectors are finding a lot of mm -hmm. up there yep. in germany they're pulling out a helmet with a head in it or something. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And they're pulling out tanks out of the swamps and stuff. I mean, it's right. just crazy. Tanks and machine that, guns and boxes yeah. of ammo. And, you know, somebody grenades. just dug uh, recently from a World War One, I, I think. Uh, it was either one or two. I can't remember now, but it was a fighter. It was came out of a plane and it was a big, um, like a machine gun or something that had got take it got destroyed out of a plane or something and this thing was if the guy let's say the guy was six foot tall the gun was probably over six foot long and he had it he had it going left to right in his arms but it was he don't even know where he got it at but they i've noticed a lot of times over there on those when they find stuff they they block out their face so that they don't know who they are so right don't want no knocks on the door I guess. Hello? I know what the rules are. You know, do you know if uh, do you know if they have like regulations about that about uh, World War II equipment, guns? I'm sure. I don't know. They must have something because I've there's there's one channel that I watch or not channel but a, a page that I see that they post a lot of World War One and Two stuff over there, and they're always got something over their face. And I don't oh. know why, if there's, if it's the laws or if they just don't want to know that they have it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not allowed to have some of that, uh, ammunition or, I mean, cause they're, they're taking those 50 and 500 pound bombs, you know, those big, right. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at them going, well, first of all, it would be cool to have, but I wouldn't want a live one. No. You know, right. And, and for, for the most part, a lot of that stuff is still live ammunition. It wasn't, you know, yep. yeah, it wasn't made safe. It was just thrown yeah. away. But well, I mean, look at, some of the, look at some of the Civil War stuff that's even now people are having in their houses, and then all of a sudden it just blows up, you know? So Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that would be, uh, I imagine finding a cannonball could be a, a dangerous thing, too. If, if actually I, I i witnessed a guy at div dug a cannonball that was still considered live and he brought it up to the thing and uh they were trying to you know they gave him a bunch of names of someone who could who could disarm it and i was like i can't believe you got that thing with you right now <laughs> wow no it was Sean, like um yeah uh don't I believe there's a guy in Alabama or something that disarms them. He owns a scuba shop also and mm -hmm. uh, does a lot of Civil War hunting and he disarms them. And 
yeah. properly, I guess. I where'd I see that? I saw it on a video somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know I a might it. be able to point you in the right direction. Yeah, I don't I've never dug one, so <laughs> Steve Phillips uh, is amazing. Steve Phillips, yep. Yeah, I, that's a scary job, man, because you gotta have the right you can't you can't go too fast because you'll get it too hot. And that's when that's how the one guy that used to do it, he got killed by doing it and killed like two other people when he did it. Wow. Oh, don't, they have to, don't they have to drill them open, drill a hole yeah. through it? But you got you can't go too fast because you'll ignite the gunpowder. You gotta go real right, slow right. or something. Now if you could detect with anyone you'd want. Any celebrity in the detecting world, detecting appendage of the pre uh, treasure hat in hand, who would that be? If he was still alive, I would probably like to metal detect with Mr. White because I had a lot of respect for White's company when I was um, sponsored by them. They were probably one of the best companies as far as the 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 main body of the company, the employees, the other field teamers and stuff. I have to honestly say when I first, when I first got on the whites field team, it, that it just felt like family, if that makes sense. They had a family. Uh, Actually to me, it does quite a bit because I've been to their factory in sweet home. Yeah. And um, I was coming back from Northern California, going to back home to Washington and I mm -hmm. took my kids there. We just dropped in, no notice, nice. no nothing, and asked about tours and stuff. And they took me and my family throughout their facility and stuff. They were very nice. nice. Yeah, I never got a chance to go up there. I was trying to, and um, I think when I, whenever they were trying to get me up there to go see the, the museum and stuff is when the uh, COVID, right before COVID hit, or right as it was about to get you know started, started happening and then of course right after that's when whites had a closed shop because of covid with right. all the uh, our friend terry curry was wondering what pinpointer do you use um i actually have three different ones i have the i have several trx's and then i have i do use the garrett carrot and i also have the uh dais two uh the dais one that i bought with the dais for so i could link it up with the headphones and stuff <laughs> Bill, that would be like getting the golden ticket yep. to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I've only seen it in videos and photos, so I never got to see it in real life, and I missed out for sure. Now, I did get to see the museum. I don't even remember the name of it now, but the museum in Virginia that the guy just passed away a couple of years ago. We were actually, I was on my way a buddy of mine, we were on our way to uh, pound the ground before it was dig stock. And we went up there and we were the, we had just went through the museum, went to uh, pound the ground. And on the way back home was when we found out that the guy passed away. And uh, so we were probably one of the last visitors at that museum before it closed up too. Now the, I think all the relics are with uh, John Hickok and some other folks in the more in the Virginia area now that took it over but that was a that was a good museum to go see oh cool 
I like museums. My yep. my dad got me into history at a young age and gave me my my wanderlust. <laughs> wanderlust. That's what I'm trying too. to do with Private Pup. I'm trying to get him hooked on history and stuff and out there in the fields with metal detectors and having gets yeah. excited when he finds an arrow. He found a really nice arrowhead the other day. He was super excited because I get out of the truck and I found a quartz uh, spear about probably two, two and a half, three inches, whatever. And he was a little upset. And then about 20 minutes later, he's walking around. He gets this almost perfect little black looking arrowhead. And uh, so he he was happy that he found that. Nice. Nice. I've That's only ours. found two arrowheads and both time were while I was gold panning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one in Ohio, not far from my house, actually, and one in Indiana. Wow. They were both Adina points. But still, really cool. Yep, I love finding. I found a, um, uh, I cannot remember the name of it now. Ah, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a rare find because it's actually broke. It's the counterweight for the, I forgot the name of the tool. It was a, it was a weapon that they used that they would sling it, but the it was a, a banner stone. That's what it's called. Ooh. I found half of a banner stone. I, I, when my parents had a, a coastal home and where my grandmother lived in central California, there was all kinds of arrowheads and stuff, but I probably rode my mini bike over tons of them and didn't even think about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Adelaide? Yeah. That's uh, another name. Spear. Uh, uses a spear. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Well, it throws a spear. It doesn't use it. Exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, it throws. I knew it was something like a, like a, yeah. I knew it was like not an arrow, but like a, I could, forgot that it was a spear. But yeah, I've got a, it's a half of one. And those, I guess, they date real far back because they, they quit doing it and they started using other stuff. But in this area anyway and where i found it at was just i almost threw it back down because i thought it was just a just a random rock and i was like man this thing looks weird you know so i sent a photo of it to my buddy and he goes dude you just found a, a banner stone or the whatever that other name at adelaide yeah however you say that name you have a nice native american collection in your case as it is i like the the air the indian air artifacts in like south texas or in texas and in new mexico and arizona and places like that those those indians made some really gorgeous arrowheads and like the arkansas area and back over this side they they were more crude and just not the like second they, they didn't take the time to make them really pretty if that makes sense they just they did it just to make them you know so I enjoy like the little bird points I used to find out in New Mexico were just so ornate and just colorful with different, you know, materials that they used. And so I get out here in North Carolina and stuff, and I'm seeing these crude things that you can tell they're an arrowhead or some kind of a, you know, of some something Indian artifact, but they're just not, they're not as ornate and, you know, detailed orientated, I guess, like they are out in, in Texas and in, uh, New Mexico and stuff that I was used to seeing. 
Well, it seems to me, it seems to me, I remember hearing that the, that they used to travel to Ohio for the Flint. Oh, that's where they were. That's where they were. Because because if it looks, if their arrowheads look like this, yeah, this type of material, right? Yeah, that's 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 uh, uh, Flint Ridge Flint. Yeah, and this would this you can find small all over the country because they would trade it. Gotcha. Uh, from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool, pretty looking stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, it's remarkable even back then with yeah with First Nations, if you want to call it, or back in those days, how far they actually their commerce went, their yeah. trade routes went. Well, it's about that time. Uh, we've been on for two hours. Very cool. I again thank you, Sean, for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh. Oh, hope you enjoyed the campfire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know nice I did. <laughs> I think in the summertime I'm going to set up outside in front of my campfire, my my pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe do that in the fall though. It's too hot in the summer out here. Be sweating. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I like I like a campfire in, in the summertime at night. It's, nice. Out here, it gets it's so muggy out here at night. You don't. Oh, yeah. out. Where are you at? You're in Texas, right? No, no North, North Carolina. Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. You said that probably about a dozen times tonight. <laughs> that's CRS, Jesse. That's yeah, yeah. CRS. Yeah, but it's, it's muggy there too. Yeah, definitely. Muggy. No, that's old fart. <laughs> Thank you, Troy, Bill. Thanks, everyone. Harry. And again, thank you very much, Sean. It's been great having you join us. Uh, next week, we're having Carlos Minor uh, from Gold Rush Discoveries, Gold Rush's Whitewater, joining us uh, for Tuesday Night Hangout Live for all you gold diggers and dredgers out there. Um, also, for those who like Morgan Dollars, I'm having something going on this coming Sunday for a beautiful MS Morgan. I, I'm not a grader. I'm not PGS, but I would say it's close to a MS 65. Beautiful coin, really frosty, beautiful. Oh, nice. It's 1921, the last year of issue of the Morgan. Uh, beautiful coin. Uh, you could find more about it by checking out my future live streams on my channel. Um, any other news? I don't uh, don't forget to hit up our friends over at Gold Prospector Space or Prospectors Radio every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Um, good group of guys. A lot of them, guys and gals, a lot of them are part of the Flash fam. Brad, you have a great day down under. You too, Terry. All the rest of you, thank you all very much for joining us. Until next time, may you always have a flash in your pan.
You know what he's going to say next. That's right, Jesse, because it does happen. Maybe one day, too, we'll meet you on the river or somewhere, maybe Menards. But until then, you know what? We're out of here. Oh, God, make sure I got my credits clicked. See ya. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Lodak. I hit the oak. I hit the oak button. There you go. Yeah, but did you push like yet? I did. I did. Very good. Good man. Good man. I look for the Troy with a sunglasses. It has happened in Menards, Troy. That sounds like that in the shed. Right. Bill says he wants to go with you when you go. He wants to find the tank. Yeah, you and now he's all been talking about a tank for the past hour. Now I want a tank on my bucket list. It'd be kind of hard to get home across the pond for sure. Right, right. Good night, y'all. My lurkers, too.